Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing Imagine There's No Heaven. Early one spring morning in 1971, John Lennon sat at a Steinway piano in his bedroom and composed one of the most popular songs of all time. His wife, Ono, watched as he fingered the final chords and crooned the closing lyrics. She said he imagined it all in nearly one sitting. It begins, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. For 50 years, those lyrics have been drummed into my ears thousands of times, from elevators to Olympic games, so many times that I automatically add, ah, ah, ah. But Lennon was wrong, seriously wrong, dead wrong. It is completely needless to imagine no heaven, because it's already been tested. Rome scoffed at heaven, and when the plagues came, the elite, even doctors, fled. Only Christians stayed to care for the dying at the risk of their lives, because they were living for tomorrow. In the 20th century, it was precisely the governments who imagined no heaven that perpetrated its greatest atrocities. Stalin's regime killed between 10 and 20 million, Mao's communist China between 50 and 100 million, and the Khmer Rouge genocides decimated 25% of its population. Living for today turned strawberry fields into killing fields. Living for today. Miroslav Volf is a Croatian theologian who lived through the Balkan Wars of the 1990s. He witnessed brutalities we can't imagine, and some of his family members experienced barbarism from hell. In his book, Unlessons Learned, Volf explains why he didn't take up arms against the monsters who executed these brutalities. Quote, If you think that an idea of a judging God leads to violence, not at all. Violence thrives today, secretly nourished by the belief in a God who refuses to wield the sword. If when you are hurt, your children and loved ones are hurt or beaten or raped, when your village is plundered or destroyed, what will keep you from being sucked into the cycle of violence? Only if you believe there is a God himself who knows what people deserve. God will judge. I don't have to. From Exclusion and Embrace, slightly edited. While the overwhelming majority of 20th century atrocities were committed by regimes hostile to religion, some were executed by people devoted to religion, like the 9-11 attack on the Twin Towers. Both groups acted from the same motivations. They just can't let it be. The atheist regime and the religious terrorists are living for today, not trusting in a God who will ultimately bring real justice. Tomorrow. Singing for today. There's something enchanting about Lennon's Imagine. The simple chords, whimsical melody, and sweet lyrics captivate us with imaginary earthly gifts of peace and prosperity. But once we unwrap that present, we find the same Pandora's box that Eve opened. Satan's message to Eve was, God is holding you back. Forget him, and life will be all you can imagine. Lennon let me down with his eerie echo of Satan's lie. It's God and heaven that oppress and kill. Let's come together and just forget him. Pandora's box didn't end suffering and death. It released them. Lennon's lyrics spit in God's face and its snake oil sweetness poisons us with a desire to do the same. Someone once said, It's not those who write the laws that have the greatest impact on society. 
it's those who write the songs. Living for tomorrow. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us to get back to eternity. It describes heroes who suffer horrible disappointments, torture, and death. It explains the secret that sustained them through the brutality of life here and now. That is, to consider themselves strangers and exiles on this earth. Quote, they deserve a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. End quote. Hebrews 11:16. Christianity rests on the unseen God, and he's returning to us a new heaven and a new earth. Every other declaration, even when it's whimsical, is the voice of the world twisting and shouting its lie that living for a visible today is better than following an invisible God. But in my life, and in yours, the promise of a heavenly life energizes us to live in today. Quote, they say of temporal suffering, no future bliss can make up for it, not knowing that heaven once attained will work backward and turn even agony into glory, C.S. Lewis. And quote, I believe like a child that suffering will be healed and made up for that in the world's finale, something so precious will come to pass that it will suffice for all the crimes of humanity, that it will make it not only possible to forgive, but to justify all that has happened. Dostoevsky. Perhaps Sam Ganji said it best after his ordeal to Mount Doom. I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? Who in their right mind would ever want to live merely for today? After all, tomorrow, here comes the sun. Dear Lord, let it be. I was 14 when Lennon's Imagine There's No Heaven was first released, and it was... A great success in terms of popularity. I heard it all the time and I continue to hear it. And it's always both fascinated and frustrated me. It's the music itself, the lyrics, the melody, the harmony, the rhythm um, is kind of lovely. It's whimsical. It's sweet. It's captivating. All all the while, its med, its message is like, it's like deadly. It's 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 poison. It's suicide. I heard it one more time this last summer, this past summer during the Olympics, and I just determined I had to write about it. I think as a 14-year-old, I knew there was something wrong, something um, insidious about it because it had such an appearance of sweetness. And I think it's only recently that I'm beginning to realize how deadly and poisonous it is. For me, it's the archetypal example. It's it's like the superlative example of how the world sucks us into its web of lies and deceit only, only to kill us. And it does it sweetly, attractively. Like, what's so wrong with this? How could anything about this sweet message be bad? Even though in every other area of our lives, we know that living for today is just stupid. I mean, with finances, we don't live for today. We save for retirement, we save for vacation, we save for Christmas. I mean, we save enough to pay our mortgage bill, and we do not live just for today. Same is true with food. The people who are living for today in their food are sitting on the couch like couch like 
couch potatoes. I mean, we believe in a kind of discipline that's living tomorrow or living for next week or even living for this afternoon. There's something inside us that understands us intuitively. And yet, in a certain sense, Lenin is saying, yeah, let's just throw away all that common sense stuff. But if we did that in our lives, the entire society, our lives would fall apart. And God is saying, if it makes sense to live not just for today with our food and our finances, how much so? How much more so with our soul? Paul says, if in Christ, so this is, he says, look, at even if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. We, we don't just hope in this life. Oswald Chambers said, civilization is based on principles. Now, this is civilization. Based on principles that imply the passing moment is permanent. But the only permanent thing is God. And if I put anything else as permanent, I become atheistic. I must build on God alone. But living for today is the real essence of the enemy that we call the world because it focuses on what is seen, whereas Christianity has always kept a strong eye on the unseen. Psalm 115 is just a beautiful song about idolatry. Actually, if you can think of a beautiful song about idolatry, but it is a beautiful song about idolatry. And it begins by saying in verse two, it says, why do the nations say, where is their God? And of course, the nations are mocking Israel because the nations all had visible images they could see of their God. But the psalmist answers by saying, our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he wants. And this is sort of where I think the beauty of the song, psalm comes, because then the psalmist in Psalm 115 goes on and says, their idols are made of silver and gold. They have eyes that do not see, ears that do not hear, mouths that do not speak, hands that do not touch, uh, feet that do not walk. Everything is empty. And so the things that are visible are 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 false answers. They look solid. They look genuine, but but they're they're husks. They're husks. This year I'm writing. I'm dedicating this year. I'm working on my next book that has the working title "Cultural Creep." And the idea is, I want to expose the lies of the world, which which really resolve which revolve around forgetting the supernatural and forgetting tomorrow, forgetting God. It, it's a set of answers that have nothing to do with God. It's it's not like the world doesn't oppose God so directly, although I suppose you could say John Lennon did. But the, the world doesn't normally say there's no God. The world just ignores God. It gives a whole set of answers that don't depend on the supernatural and don't depend on tomorrow. And that's why we're told that we need self-esteem because we're doing it independent of God. That's why we need self-love, because we're not relying on his love of us. We have to get our own. There's a set of things in the world that are messages that just sound, they make sense to us. They sound sweet, but they're lies. But in my book, I don't want to be that grouchy old man who says things were better in my days. I want to expose the lies and the false answers of the world so that we come back to his truth. So that we can come back and sing with the psalmist. As for me, I shall behold your face. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your presence. There's a promise God has that we are made for his presence and that there is a heaven. There is a tomorrow. 
And when we behold him as he is, everything in our soul will be satisfied. And that's what I want. In Cultural Creep, I want to expose the lies, but I want to replace those lies with the truth that as we behold him as as he is, our souls will finally be satisfied. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com, for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses, all designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.